Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the amazing Rico Bronya podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Welcome to Rico Bronya. It felt about 24 hours ago or 36 hours ago, depending on when you're listening, that there was going to be a lot of screaming, a lot of crying, a lot of bitching, a lot of moaning on this edition of Rico because the opener of this series was a disgrace to baseball. The opener of this series was really a disgrace to this entire season. And I have to admit, as confident as I tried to remain after the national series, I was rattled by what happened on Tuesday night. I mean, I have to admit it. You know, Taiwan Walker being mediocre is one thing, always got a blister. But every effing inning, the Mets had guys on base. Pete Alonso actually grounded into 417 double plays on Tuesday night. And Tuesday night was the first time in which the word that I hate, the word that ticks me off whenever it's been used, started to creep into my little brain, and that is choke. I have to admit it. Now, I took a deep breath. I had a conversation with my old partner, Joe Beningo, on Tuesday morning. Wednesday morning? Yeah, it was after the Tuesday game. He was, bro, we're dead. I got to tell you what, we're done. This team's a joke. And for some reason, that gave me confidence. I don't know why. For some reason, that turned my negative mood into a, ah, you know what? Maybe it's not as bad as I thought. And what we all needed was for the New York Mets to not just sweep a doubleheader from the Pittsburgh Pirates. We needed them to kick some ass. We needed them to splatter their guts all over the field at PNC Park for our mental state, really. And I know you win 2-1, to one, it counts the same as winning 10 nothing. I understand that. But I think because Tuesday was so grotesque, and because they had just lost back-to-back games prior to that to the Washington Nationals, in which they scored a combined two runs, we needed for our baseball mental health an ass-whooping. Now, did we necessarily get that in game one? Not really. There were some scary moments. You know, Tyler Naquin, it's the three-run homer. Eddie Escobar had a huge week, which we'll get to. It's a home run. But there was still big moments in this game. Chris Bassett facing Jack Sawinski with guys on base. You know, seventh inning, more guys on base. It was a little bit of nervousness. But they did win the game 5-1. to one. The second game of the doubleheader... That's the gut-splattering kind of performance that we all needed. So before we get deeper into these games, before we discuss the Max Scherzer injury, the Starling Marte injury, the utter dominance of Jacob deGrom, let's all collectively take a deep breath. The New York Mets are still in first place, sort of. Because <laughs> let's be honest, they're tied for first place. They are. They they allow the Atlanta Braves the chance and the opportunity to catch them, and the Braves did. So while the Mets aren't looking up at the Braves in the standings, and technically they're a half game up, we're tied. It is what it is. 
when my beautiful, bald friend, and I don't mean Craig Carton, declared the division over two months ago, he's officially wrong because it wasn't over then and it's not over now. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to win the division. That doesn't mean this is going to end in, you know, hellfire and brimstone. It just means that this heavyweight battle of a pennant race is just getting started. Now, Pete tends to be the more negative one than me, even though I've been many, I've had a lot of negativity over the years. But did this two-game sweep of a doubleheader cleanse you, or do you still feel a little dirty about the way this team has played? I thought I was coming on here the same way as you did, going to vent the hell out of today, because the way that I got off air with, with Tiki and Tierney, it was just Everything just piled up, and it was frustrating. And even though uh, the Mets were already beating the Pirates at that point in time, it just felt the Mets picked the worst time to almost blow the division lead. Like, if this doesn't happen early in the season, whatever, it just it, – we can't have nice things. That's how I felt. And Scherzer goes down, all that other stuff. So, yeah, I, I – I didn't want to be the negative guy either, but I felt that pit in my stomach again, and I felt like it's too familiar, that feeling, you know? Yeah, look, I, I, I have to admit, Tuesday was very, very tough to watch. The opener of this series was brutal because I sat there for three hours, and I, and I wouldn't shut the game off, obviously. one nothing, you're still in the game. 3 nothing, you're sort of still in the game. 4 nothing, it's not over. Oh, wait, Brandon Nimmo, two-run home run, here we go. And then the Pirates just blow the game open because of Buck Showalter's mismanaging, which I'll get to as well. But that was a very reminiscent of bad times kind of game. That's how I would define it. Not reminiscent of this team because, look, this team has not played its best baseball recently, but a lot of this is the Atlanta Braves never lose, and that's continued. You know, even in this game against Oakland, when they wrapped up the two-game series, right out of the gate, they're down 2 nothing, and you're thinking, wow, the Braves may actually lose. Maybe we'll get some help, and that wasn't the case. They storm back. They end up essentially blowing the Oakland A's out. But I do admit that Tuesday was rock bottom. Tuesday felt the opener of this series, in case we're forgetting the days of the week. The opener of this series, after the rain out from Labor Day, that did feel ugly on a lot of levels um really more so than Taiwan Walker who I'm gonna actually sort of defend in a little bit it's gonna be a weak defense but it's gonna be like a sort of defense of him that he's not as bad as we all think he's not good but he's not as bad as we all think that's how I'll phrase it that's a tease for about five minutes from now but the real frustrating part about the opener of this series was their inability to get a big hit because like we talked about after the Washington series on the last edition of Rico, this is about the offense. It's what it's about. You know, we can nitpick Carlos Carrasco's performance from Sunday, but it was about the offense. Same thing with Taiwan Walker in the opener of this series. We could kill him for five innings, four runs. It's not good enough. They couldn't hit. They got two guys on base in the first inning. Pete Alonso grounds into a double play. They got two on, two out in the second inning. Of course, Tomas Nino's not going to come through. They got two on, one out in the third inning. Pete Alonso grounds into a double play. Lead-off man on the fifth inning. They do nothing. And then after Nimmo hits the two-run home run, the offense does nothing against Manny effing Banuelos. I mean, so this was about the offense, and it was about the continuation of what we saw in the Washington series, and that's not only not being able to hit, but you're not hitting mediocre pitching. I don't want to hear about Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller's not that good. Manny Banuelos is not that good. So... What made the opener of this series incredibly frustrating, more so than Taiwan Walker's performance, was the fact that they couldn't hit. Now, here's my 
it's not even really a defense of Taiwan Walker. It's just being honest about what he's been in the second half of the year. Because I think we all feared he was going to collapse in the second half like he did last year. And there's a stat going around, which is accurate, that the second half of this season, Taiwan Walker has like a 6-6 ERA. Something of that nature. 6-7 ERA. And it's true. Like, I, I can't deny that. So it's very easy to say Taiwan Walker has collapsed in the second half of the season. He hasn't really collapsed. What he's done is that he is pitching like a fifth starter. What I mean by that is look at his outings outside of the one explosion. Because he had one game that kills his stats. It was the game against the Braves, the, fir- the first game of that five-game series, I think it was. or Not the first game of the five-game series. The sec- I forget which game it was. It was early on in that five-gamer with the Braves. The one game they lost. He pitched one inning, and he allowed eight runs. Well, one inning, eight runs going to kill your numbers. His performances outside of that one game has been mediocre, but not bad. You know, five innings, four runs, it's not a death sentence for you. If your offense hits, you can win that game. I'm not trying to say it's a great performance. It's not. He wasn't great. He gave up a bomb to Rodolfo Castro. I get it. He gives up an RBI single to Brian Reynolds. I get all of it. Like, I'm not saying he was good. I'm saying if you look at Walker's performances in the second half of the year outside of the one explosion, he's basically been five innings, three runs. Five and a third, two runs. Five innings, four runs. I'm not saying that's great, but what I am saying is that's capable fifth starter stuff, which is all Taiwan Walker should be. The problem is when you don't score runs. That's that's why I'm telling you, and maybe I'm alone in this, and that's fine. In the opener of this series, I was more pissed off by the lack of offense than I was Taiwan Walker. Because if this team is hitting, take the second game of the doubleheader. When, look, I thought, unfortunately for Oviedo, he was being squeezed. I thought there were some pitches in that second inning, specifically to Pete Alonso, where he struck him out. But if you're facing Johan Oviedo and you're getting to the bullpen in the second inning, then five innings, four runs looks a lot different. So... I don't, I don't think I'm really defending Taiwan Walker. I'm just being real about that stat that's going around that I think is misleading. He had one performance in which he was awful. The rest of his performances have been just mediocre. Would I like him to be better? Yes, I'd like him to be the first half Taiwan Walker. But I think one thing we've learned over the last two years is that's not him. That's not who he is. Five innings, three runs should be capable stuff if your offense doesn't have their head up their asses. No, I and, and the other thing, too, is I've also seen other people say that Tywin Walker has been the third best pitcher on this team. And that, no. to me, is an insult to Chris Bassett because if you saw what he did today versus the Pirates, it was, I mean, it, it looked like he was facing a minor league team. Well, it's not only that, and he was great. He was absolutely fantastic, and he's been really good over the last month. But the reason why Chris Bassett, you know, if we're looking at the entire season, because I know Ty's had some great moments, but Chris Bassett, I'm, I, I described it this way a few weeks ago, and I, I continue to think it's this with him. He always pitches one more inning than he should. You know, I think there's a lot of times where you're watching a baseball game and you say, okay, that guy's done after six. Not just because of pitch count, but just because of feel. And Chris Bassett's one of those guys, and there aren't a lot of them, there really aren't, who says, no, I'll keep going, and I'll push myself. 
And I think that's really, really important. It's important because Jacob DeGrom has been babied for the most part and didn't pitch for the first half of the year. It's important because, you know, Carlos Carrasco just missed a few weeks. It's important because David Peterson, when he starts, isn't allowed to really go deep into games. It's important because Max Scherzer's missed time. You need guys to eat innings. And I think there's been a lot of times this season where Chris Bassett will go an extra inning. Plus, he's just been probably their most consistent starter. And that includes everybody. Because Scherzer and DeGrom get penalized from the fact they don't pitch every five days. And they haven't. That's just the reality of it. So I think when you look at reliability in terms of pitching every five days, you look at consistency, you look at ability to give you innings when sometimes you desperately need it. Chris Bassett's been probably their most consistent starter. So it's not even a question he's their third best starter in terms of obviously if Jake and Scherzer are there, he's your third guy. Who's your fourth guy as a debate? Right now, it's tough to trust Taiwan Walker, but you're going to need to see Carlos Carrasco pitch better than what we saw in his first start back. But that's not even the issue I worry about. I just worry about the offense because it had been bad for about a 26-game period, as we described in the last Rico. So they broke out because Tuesday was an abomination. They broke out a little bit in the opener of this doubleheader. Eduardo Escobar... And this is really, really encouraging. And I think that was the best part of what happened. You know, Tyler Naquin hits the big home run, the big bomb of a three-run homer, and he breaks out of a slump a little bit. And they may need him with the uncertainty around Starling Marte, more on that injury in a little bit. But to see Eduardo Escobar just pounding the baseball all over the pace, getting on base two, three times a game, hitting a bomb of a home run, coming out in the second game of the doubleheader and getting four hits, it's really, really encouraging. Because if Marte is out for an extended period of time, not going to do this in a short period of time, but an extended period of time, one of the ways you can fill that hole is not Tyler Naquin. He's an option, but not necessarily him. One way you can do it is Eduardo Escobar. And what I mean by that is, Luis Guillerme is going to come back and he's going to play, as he should. He's so good defensively. He gives you battles at pl- at the plate. He's not a slugger by any stretch, but he at least gives you quality at-bats. You could play Eduardo Escobar third, Luis Guillerme at second, and Jeff McNeil in right. I don't think we should rule out the fact that Jeff McNeil, as great as he's been defensively at second base, is an option in the outfield. Like, the options to replace Marte, if it's, Longer than we fear. Because right now the update on him is it's day-to-day. Buck hasn't ruled out the IL. They're going to see how his middle finger reacts to the non-displacement, whatever the hell it is. Who knows? I don't even know. All I know is when's he going to play again. It's all I know. So if this turns into an IL stint like Buck suggested, that's a way to fill that spot. Not just giving the job to Tyler Naquin every day. Because if Tyler Naquin is striking striking out eight at-bats in a row, like we saw a few weeks ago, we don't want to see him out there. But if Eduardo Escobar is going to hit, he's going to play. That's the way it works. That's the way it should work. And Luis Guillermo will find a way to play, no doubt, because of his glove. But Eduardo Escobar, especially left-handed, that's the encouraging thing. Because he was about to become a platoon player with Guillermo, where he only played against lefties. Well, this onslaught he's been on has been batting lefty against right-handed pitching. So let's not discount Escobar third, Guillerme second, McNeil and Wright. That's an option. I would have suggested you could call up Mark Vientos and play him at third and move Escobar to second, McNeil and Wright 
But one thing we learned, they hate Mark Vientos. So that's not an option. And I, I, I shouldn't have even mentioned it because how insulting is that to even mention the name Mark Vientos?